Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What's going on, everybody? I have Tony, the attorney, on the phone right now. We're going to jump right into it because his time is precious. I, I don't even know if I'm being charged by the minute here, but Tony, appreciate you coming on the show, pal. Yeah, you bet, Smitty. Happy to, happy to join you. So Tony is an attorney in Ohio, and he's going to give his opinion, his opinion, um, based on the knowledge he has and just as, as an individual that has great uh, insight on, on such situations and Tony, um, the one thing I wanted to ask you today, I don't really want to get into some of the stuff that, that has already been talked about and beat like a dead horse, but the one question I have is what happens if something else comes up, another case ends up popping up, um, because there are there are potentially 66 to 100 is the, 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 the reported number of individuals that are involved in this. And, and my thinking is this attorney is probably still trying to get people to come forward all the time i imagine in a civil suit like this what happens if another case comes forward a lot of people think this is just some blanket decision that's been made by the nfl it covers all-encompassing situations but i would think it it doesn't i would think that every single individual case because it's not a class action it's a uh, a situation where every case is different evidence what happens if something comes up let's say in, in your opinion well, um, let's kind of build the scaffold here of exactly what it is that we're talking about. Um, first of all, let's separate NFL disciplinary action from civil lawsuit. They're two different things. Uh, with and I think the headline that you're you're kind of trying to get to, Smitty, is you know, can we presume? that six games is the end of the discussion with regard to Deshaun Watson's suspension. And I don't think there's any question. The headline here is we can't know definitively at this point. It's just too indeterminate. Um, first of all, with regard to NFL discipline, I would presume, I don't know this because obviously I wasn't in the room, but you have to presume that Watson's attorneys are smart enough to know that the safest course is to lay out effectively the names, dates, and incidents of every single person who might be making a claim. And if they already did that to the NFL, in my opinion, it would be difficult for the NFL to argue that further disciplinary action is warranted. Now, that's presuming that Watson's camp was smart enough to do that. My guess is that they were. Of course, that presumes that Watson was being entirely truthful with his attorneys and his other advisors. I can't answer that. Who knows? If, on the other hand, there's a, even a single person that was not disclosed by Watson's camp to the NFL, effectively Mr. Goodell, and the NFL finds out that there is a viable, essentially more or less believable claim by such a person, then obviously the NFL would be in a, a much stronger position to argue that further discipline would be warranted. Of course, that depends on the specifics of the claim, the believability or mendacity of the person making the claim, and so on. So I think the best we can say right now is 
If there are more claims, we just don't know how it's going to shake out, but that's the most likely construct. Yes. With regard to civil suits, yeah, of course. You know, the attorney in, in uh, Houston, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Um, the, the guy representing the plaintiffs, he's, of course, going to you know be happy to talk to other people who may have claims. If they do have claims, they are mo- most likely valid uh, in the sense of being procedurally permitted because – you're, if you've, unless you've already brought a lawsuit and resolved it, you have a right to bring it within the statute of limitations. My understanding is that the statute of limitations for the tort of battery in, in Texas is two years. So, you know, we have to presume that we have until, what, about uh, March of next year that people could still come forward. Um, you know, so, yeah, the civil suits could continue to go forward. On the other hand, the, you know, I think right now we're at, what, five remaining plaintiffs? Uh, I'm, I'm not I, sure know, on the exact. I'm not sure on the exact number right now, but there were potentially yeah. two cases that were gonna be filed, and then you never heard about them. They were like, they were like, they vanished, and and I don't know right. if maybe those yeah. individuals backed out or my guess, and this is a total guess on my part. I'm reckless speculation on my part. My guess is that this attorney <laughs> knows what he's doing in terms of unraveling different things at different points. Because if you think about it, every time things have got a little better for Watson, something else comes right out. Right. You know, hey, he clear sure. clear of all civil, or I mean, of all cl- criminal, you know, right? Clear of all criminal. And here comes his contract. Everything's great. Everybody was like Team Watson. He's told you he was innocent, blah, blah, blah. Gets this new contract. Right. Things start unraveling again. And so like, I, I'm fearful, like I'm hitting this from a fantasy perspective. I'm not trying to uh, conjure up rumors and speculation in a reckless way. I'm merely trying to like get to the, the root of the question and the problem. Like, where do you draft Deshaun Watson? Are you comfortable drafting Deshaun Watson in the sixth or fifth round or whatever? Or super flex, even super flex more than other situations. Do people take a little bit more of a risk? And it's like, Everyone thinks he's out of the woods, and I'm not saying he isn't, but I think you just uh, highlighted the fact that if a situation comes about and it's a new claim, this isn't like where Bob goes around slapping and punching and assaulting people in different states, and you know about 10 of them, but there's 20 more of them, and you literally tell Bob, okay, here's, you did this, you did this, we're going to give you punishment for those 10 people. Oh, by the way, we're hearing about this person you assaulted in Texas, this person you assaulted in California. Oh, well, we gave, we already handed out discipline for Bob's assaults, no matter how many there are. That's not the way it, it works, yeah, right? No. So. No, no. I mean, again, you'd have to presume that Watson's camp was smart enough to disclose every possible claimant. Under that circumstance, I think it's a different uh, sort of bailiwick. But if they fail to disclose even a single one, then yeah, I mean, the, suspe- the suspension up to this point is based on the claims that have been made and that are known to the NFL. That, that's sort of, you know, a, a logical unavoidability. Um, so yeah, I agree. I mean, look, again, this is a fantasy football show. For, for purposes of that, I, I mean, look, just my personal opinion, I think drafting Deshaun Watson right now is still very risky. Now, is it possible that everything will end up right where it is and that he'll be out there on week seven? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. But I don't think it's definitive at this point. Yeah, I think that's my I think that's my my purpose here is to not, like I said, yeah. conjure up some kind of like crazy like conspiracy or something. I'm just I feel like it no, I, I feel like this thing could get worse again before it gets to a point where 
everybody can breathe easy and say, oh yeah, he will play, you know, after six games. No. Um, yeah, no, we're not, we're not at that point yet. We're, it, we're still, there's still a certain degree of, of chaos here. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much you have in terms of details of the exact case and the number of potential people, but let's say there are, there were 24 or whatever, 26 people involved in, 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 in having, filing a claim uh, right around that mm-hmm. number. And then some backed out or, you know, some settled. And um, if there are potentially 66 cases, like I just imagining with your experience, when somebody was maybe on the fence of maybe coming forward and they're like, I don't really want to be in the spotlight or whatever. I just imagine this ruling of six games is on the lower end of the expectation level that would be in the middle. Like if you were wanting to satisfy both parties, number one, you wouldn't because the people that want him suspended for the year, want him suspended for the year. The people that want him completely, you know, suspension free, they want him suspension free. There's really nobody in the middle. So the only possibly good outcome where both sides are relatively happy and not in a position to push back would be if it was in the middle. And that to me would have been like eight to 10 games. The sixth game is a little low. And so I, I, I guess I want to ask you this question. Do you think the NFL, and this is your proje- projection here, will appeal this to Roger Goodell and let him then come in and be judge, jury, and executioner? Because that is the, to the letter of this process, he can become that. He can do whatever. He could t- say, Sue Robinson, I'm sorry. Thank you for your time, but we're not listening to a word you said. Now that you have given an opinion of of discipline, I can come in and do whatever I want as long as it's appealed. Do you think the NFL appeals or do you think the NFL sticks to what has been said that they would not appeal, both sides would not appeal, both sides would accept Sue Robinson's determination? Or do you think they said that because they thought there's no way she's coming back with under six games and they were told maybe this thing is a lot more corrupt, the process, than we think, and everybody knew what was on the table? Like, is that is that possible? Did everybody know what was going on? And number two, do you think the NFL will appeal? Uh, well, uh, what's possible is obviously an awfully big Venn diagram. Anything's possible. Uh, my best guess, having been in, obviously not NFL related, but in similar kinds of circumstances, it would, it would be, I, I would put it this way. I'm a little bit surprised that the suspension was only six games. We just recently went to a 17-game schedule, and sort of the obvious choice here would have been eight games. So I'm a little bit surprised at that. So that leads to then the question, what, what is it exactly that might have been discussed that would have prompted, you know, former, I believe she's a former federal judge, Judge Robinson, to uh, choose six games? It, look, it, the NFL is, is, it's really not even a, um, how would I put it? There, the NFL is a form of entertainment, technically, in, in the eyes of the law. And that means they're not really subject to antitrust claims or claims relating to, uh, you know, fraud. Uh, they could literally fix games if they wanted to and get away with it because it's a form of entertainment. And since it's a form of entertainment, there's nothing that would necessarily preclude the NFL from having a closed door conversation with judge Robinson so that everybody was on the same page and just said, look, we're going to go with six games. We're all going to shake hands and we're going to be done with it. Is that possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. 
I've got to believe that that's the most likely way to read the six-game suspension. Because if that did not happen, then Judge Robinson's choice of six games puts the NFL in a really weird spot. Yeah. Because I'm sure that what they would have preferred would have been something right down the middle. Exactly. Which, again, to me, is obviously eight games. Which then makes it much easier. It's a much easier case to defend in terms of public relations. Yeah, I so mean, my best guess. I'm not. I was. I wasn't in the room. I don't pretend to have specific facts. You know, um, but my guess is that there was some sort of a, a conversation that at least implied that everyone would agree. So I, I, who knows? But that's my best guess. I don't think the NFL will appeal. Yeah, again, look where they are. Let's say that they appealed. The, in effect, what they would most likely be going for would be either an additional two games or an additional four games. And at this point, they're all the the people who wanted Deshaun Watson thrown in prison, they're already pissed off. Yeah. They're not going to be happy over an additional two games. And do you think that the NFL is pressured by and I know this is not your your specialty or your but I'm just curious your 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 opinion. Do you think the NFL is pressured to make a an appeal and Roger Goodell pressured to at least bump it two games, which wouldn't be stepping on Sue Robinson Sue Robinson's toes too much to be like two games. It would be completely it would throw the whole thing out the window and, and say, Why do you even have an, an arbitrator? Why do you even have somebody in the middle doing this if you're gonna just overrule them? So a little bump I could see well, not not stepping on it. But do you think that um sponsorships and advertiser pressure is going to make the NFL act because I feel like this is completely on the wrong end of, of middle ground. I don't think it's even close. I think the people, I think, I think Watson's camp and Watson were probably like six games uh, deal, you know, whereas if it was eight to 10, they'd be like, yeah, kind of expected that, but we're not going to appeal that. Cause what if we appeal it? And Roger Goodell says a year, like the NFL PA is not appealing it because it can only be increased if it gets appealed. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. They're they're not going to appeal. No, the question is whether the NFL will agree to the six six right. games. Yeah, I mean, look, I would put it slightly differently, and that is that Deshaun Watson's case is just one case. The NFL has to be thinking about the future. If they decide to, in effect, fight with Judge Robinson over two games, how do you think she's going to respond to that? You think she's going to say, "Oh, I get it. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I'm perfectly happy to be your lapdog." No. Right. She's not going to like that. And they have to know that that's a risk. And I so, think, I mean, I think that that would be, that would be a big problem to, to go down that road right now, which is why I come back to the belief. My best guess is that there was some sort of behind the door, you know, behind the closed door handshake that we'll all agree to six games and we'll just move on. And why that's even have, now. can I facade. promise that? No. And for fantasy football purposes, you know, look, you, 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 there are, depend unless you're in a super flex, which, you know, I, you, as you know, Smitty, I do a lot of fantasy football. Yeah. Unless you're in a super flex, there are plenty of good other quarterbacks that mean, you know, taking Deshaun Watson in the ninth round probably doesn't make sense right now. It just doesn't. Yeah. It, there's it, no guarantee that we're done. It, it's, it feels like a facade. The NFL, all this, you know, like to have an arbitrator or somebody, the middleman person or middle woman person doing this, it's a facade. Like it's, it's, and it's so, yeah. what do you make of the Calvin Ridley year long suspension? 
and how you know that didn't get approached even near the same way. It's just Roger Goodell. And then this situation where there's somebody in the middle making decisions. So Calvin Ridley's out a year. And I'm not arguing that he doesn't deserve to be, technically speaking, the integrity of the game. I get you got to protect that like a, like in a crazy fashion. But the imbalance of it, like one year, six games, and and then, then you come back around and it's like Kamara pushed into the future maybe. Maybe he doesn't even see a suspension this season. And I, we, we could touch on yeah, Kamara yeah. real quick. But what, what's your thoughts on like the way the NFL sure. operates? It's a facade in a lot of ways, this disciplinary like fake front that they have here. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you're getting into what is an you know, entirely subjective opinion at this point. But yeah. you know, if you're, if you're going to request, then my personal opinion is that Roger Goodell is just not a very good leader. He gets whipped around far too easily by various interests um, and would be much better off to simply have a firm hand. Um, either way, either be disciplinary or don't be disciplinary. The idea that a guy's going to get a year suspension for betting, what was it, $1,400? I mean, come on. Yeah. That's uh, just my personal opinion. I understand why they did it because you don't want to go down that road of people betting on their own team or betting on other teams. I right. get it. It's like the Pete Rose thing, okay? The owners get very worked up about that. And let's not kid each other. This is a league that's still run by the owners. I think, frankly, the owners like Goodell being a little bit soft because they know they can push him around when they need to. So, I mean, look, did you did you see the thing that came out today about the Dolphins? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, come on. You, you really want us to believe that... that uh, uh, the owner, what's his name? Ross. Um, you know, yeah, the owner of the Dolphins. You, you really want us to believe that he was kidding when he offered $100,000 for each loss? I mean, come on, who are you kidding? I mean, what what's the deal with, with the fact that, like, how much of that was to try and take the spotlight off the Watson situation? Like, let's look firm and strong <laughs> over here. You know what I mean? It's just, That's why I say it's all sure, facade. Sure. You know, and, and Kamara, yeah. what are your well, – but- go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, but it, it, true, and we're allowed to complain about it. That's part of the fun of N- the NFL, frankly, just between us fellows. Um, look, they're, they're not really what I would call stand-up people for the most part. All they care about is money, but that's okay. They're, they're a form of entertainment. They're not a real business. They don't, they don't provide any specific, you know, they're not medical providers who owe a, a duty of care to make sure that people don't die. Nobody's going to die from the NFL being a bunch of, of windbags. You know, life is going to go on. So what, what do you make complain about it? I think Roger Goodell is just weak. That's yeah. the bottom line. What do you make of the Camara situation? Like he, he's got this, this, uh, uh, you know, the report of video footage of, of him kicking this individual. Well, first of all, so the, the way that the story goes is, Camara put his hands on said individual to, you know, remove him from the elevator or stop him from getting in the elevator. Dude, smack Camara's hand down, like, get your hand off my chest. Entourage jumps the guy immediately, including Camara, and then they all kick him at least once. Camara kicked him, according to reports, at least once while he appeared to be unconscious, according to the video. So that's what happened in that situation. Um... There was talk initially about prison time, not just you know suspension, and now it's like kind of getting watered down, and now everybody's like he's going to play this year because they keep delaying the hearing, and it's been delayed 60, 60 days. But my my cautionary 
message is that just because it gets delayed 60 days doesn't mean that in the middle of the season when you've actually drafted preparing for Kamara to play a full season, he could get ripped from your team when you haven't drafted properly for it. But what's your take on that situation? And is there any kind of predictions or observations you have that could help people um, in terms of draft prep? Um, let's start with the look, the PR look for the NFL is once again, not great. Um, as an attorney, I, I wondered for 25 years, why didn't they simply let the criminal process play itself out? So as you may recall, up until about a year ago, two years ago now, they basically would jump in even if no, nobody had filed a criminal complaint. Right. So they had kind of set a precedent that they were going to jump in irrespective of what the, the law actually said. So that made it look like they didn't care what the law said. Well, now they've, as you know, it's been, what, about a year and a half maybe? They, they changed course and now say we, we will let the criminal process play itself out before we take any specific discipline. Well, this is what you get. You get video of a star running back with six touchdowns on Christmas Day kicking a you know some average citizen who's already on the floor, apparently unconscious. And you can't do anything about it? That's a bad look. No question. Do you think now, they... Am I saying I have a perfect answer? I don't know. I, I, think, I think that it's... <laughs> I think they would be... I get why they chose to let the criminal process play out. I totally get it. But it does create a PR problem, and they, have to, they simply have to pick. They have to go one way or the other. I, in terms of what, for again, let's stay focused here on fantasy football. I personally think that the odds are, given this last, this, the today's event, or was it yesterday, the uh, criminal hearing getting kicked 60 days, I think, frankly, he's going to play the whole season. I really do. And that may not be what you want to hear, but. No, I, 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 I want to hear what you, I want to hear what you yeah. want to, what you believe yeah. to be true. The, the I don't, I don't I've got no bias here. Yeah for it. I want to hear what you believe because that'll help guide oh, no. us the best way we can. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, no, what I what I meant was that that I mean I know it's a bad PR look, but oh, yeah. in terms of the odds of them getting all the way through a criminal process by let's say November fifteenth are pretty low at this point. But I do you can't promise that. Obviously. But do you believe those are against it not being done. But do you believe they'll stay true to the we won't do anything until the whole process plays out? Or do you think based on the Watson backlash that they will step in and say, look, you know, because what happened in the Watson situation is different than what happens in the Ridley or the like this middle ground arbitrator. Like, why did that even get injected into the Watson situation, but isn't used for every single situation out there like do you know the the history behind that like why why is sue robinson involved in watson's situation but not in camaras not involved in ridley's not involved in these other situations what's even po the point of that i couldn't tell you i do not pretend to know the collective bargaining agreement I, i'm not sure why that would be the case uh especially with ridley that one i really thought would have been subject to this Camara, again, their position has been publicly stated that they're going to wait for the criminal matter to resolve. Now, do I think that there's going to be even more political pressure or public relations pressure uh, on Goodell to do something? Sure, of course. That's a tough question for him to answer. Do, will he cave to it? I don't know. You know, really, if the NFL was smart, and I'm not talking about perfect world, you know, completely moral, upstanding citizen. I'm just talking about being smart as a business. 
if they were smart, what they would say to the entire public is, look, we're just a form of entertainment. This is like Hollywood, okay? We, we don't enforce any moral code whatsoever. If the criminal, a criminal matter comes up, then the criminal matter will resolve itself. As far as we're concerned, people can play until they literally commit murder. Now, I, again, that's just me. I know people don't want to hear that. But if they were smart, that's what they'd do, because the idea of, of the NFL being some sort of a moral arbiter is a joke. I mean, they're inconsistent with it, I mean, which is the problem. Like if you're like you said, heavy hand, do it consistently at least, so everyone knows what to expect. It's a joke exactly. when Ridley. And again, I for the people that are going to say the integrity of the game, I understand. And, and Tony even said that himself. Himself for the integrity of the game, you've got to have a heavy hand, but you can't have a heavy hand there and not a heavy hand here and make a determination there. I like, I mean, what kind of due diligence was done? I'm sure they have a lot of hardcore evidence that really did bet you know what i'm saying but did they go through a process of proving anything there you know what i'm saying like so it doesn't really it's yeah, not like he I, went to court on think, it it's not like they have anything tangible no. there so why does he get suspended in that situation for a year but you can't do anything about camara well, and t- you know what i mean yeah th- yeah this is a bit of a guess but when you read between the words it felt like there was something else going on in the background with ridley you know, I think he had some sort of personal problems going on. Um, there may have been some admissions made to the NFL that we don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. That'd be my best guess. But the, again, I mean, look, <laughs> today, if if I say to a Steeler fan, and you know, I'm I'm a Browns fan, so That's Steelers can all. I won't I won't say it on on your show. If I say to a Steeler fan that I don't care what anyone else says, to me, he's Ben Raplisberger, they respond. But I remember reading that story, and the NFL did almost nothing at the time to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, things have definitely changed. Yeah, I mean, social media, the spotlight, it's all about the spotlight. It's all about PR, as you mentioned before. It's all about PR. Sure. But but I guess my, my last question here would be this um we are this 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 hearing for Kamara has been postponed 60 days and we can't assume they're just going to postpone it again like everyone's trying to use that narrative like if it got postponed then it'll get postponed again we don't really know the details of that right so if we assume that it's going to happen 60 days from now that puts us what four weeks five weeks into the nfl season uh is it feasible to think he, it, 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 this could play out in enough time that he could be out week 12, week 14, week 10, week 11. I mean, I don't know that I would say he feels any safer to draft than Deshaun Watson in some respects because he'd have to have another trial postponement in order to, I think, finish the year, right? Or, or, or does it seem like something that would not even come close to a conclusion based on the way attorneys well, can no, drag my- something out? I, I don't want to overstate it, Smitty, because frankly, I haven't followed the Camara thing quite as closely. I'm vaguely familiar with it. My understanding is that the hearing that set 60 days out is not a trial, but instead a show cause hearing. And if that's the case, what I'm saying could be wrong. I admit I could be wrong. If that's the case, what I'm saying is that to get through an entire criminal process, including a trial, by, let's say, Again, November fifteenth. That just isn't going to happen. But could the NFL's 
Yeah, I agree with you. And that gives us good insight on that Kamara's maybe safer than he was a month ago, clearly. But could the NFL yeah, yeah. say something like they were gonna maybe say to Sean Watson and say, look, we're not going to we're not going to dish out punishment. We're gonna give you paid leave, mm-hmm. but there's no way yeah, we're because- allowing you to go through a trial in the middle of the season. So even if you're right, if it's a show cause, but the trial even begins before the season ends, how likely That's are true. we that's true. I agree. PR wise, you'd almost have to put him on the exempt list. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're not. You're not going to have a guy show up on Sunday and the next day have an evidentiary hearing where people are playing the video in court in front of the public of him kicking someone who's laying on the ground. I mean, yeah. That's, that's just horrible PR. And they're not dishing out punishment because they're paying him paid leave, exemplist paid. Yeah. And so that's that's what I think oh, sure. is what the NFL yeah. wanted to kind of do to Deshaun Watson. I bet they regret not doing it. But you know the interesting yeah, I mean, part. It looked good. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say was, I mean, look again. It's subjective opinion. This is a fantasy football show. I personally would tell you Deshaun Watson is still a risk. I personally believe that um, uh, Kamara is that sixty-day kick makes him less risky if you're drafting tonight. But obviously, take Mark Ingram in the fourteenth round. You know, don't be a dummy. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you have a question for Tony before he jumps, and Tony, if you got to jump, jump. But if you guys have a question for Tony, no, while no, he's I'm, I'm fine. ask, ask, and we'll, we'll, we'll see if he's got an answer. And it could be anything. Yeah. It could be about Kamara. It could be about uh, Ridley. It could be about whatever. Just ask ask away, and I'll drag your question on, on screen, and we'll ask Tony. Um, anything else on your mind? Uh, because you're, you know, being being embedded in the, the legal world like you are, just like a, a medical person when they go to the hospital, they're just analyzing constantly or they watch a medical TV show and they're just analyzing constantly. You've got to be, your brain's got to be constantly going uh, whenever you hear news or talk, you know, what well, this could go this direction. Is there anything that that's on the top of the forefront of your mind um, in terms of anything legal wise, um, you know, Dalvin Cook situation where there was reportedly uh, 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 you know, a domestic abuse situation, and then his legal team. What an amazing job they did! Right, they came out and and, and yeah. beat beat the news to the punch, so to speak, and they literally like attacked yeah, they... the situation. Uh, anything com- uh, Dalvin Cook wise that, that you have a question about, or the only thing I know about Cook is pretty much what you just summarized, which is that his team got out in front of it very quickly, which was very very smart and. I'm sure that he paid them an appropriate sum. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't have anything any deep insight other than yeah they did a very good job. Yeah, that because that um, they didn't know, do that could have went downhill. Anything... What's that? If they didn't do that, it could have went in a totally different direction. But yeah, uh, what were you going to oh, say? Yeah, no, no, they were smart. I was just you know off the top of my head trying to think if there's anything else going on in the league. Um, not you know nothing off the top of my head. I mean, obviously the big news is Deshaun, and then Kamara's one B. So um, this is a good question. I, I, look, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Andrew says video comes out of on Kamara, it will change things, um, which is very 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 good point. Is there a, a way this video gets released in your experience on, on this Kamara footage? And if it did, how much different does? Do things get for Kamara in the NFL and the pressure because that that, that would be a massive like when that Ray Rice video was released, 
and this was before social media was even closely close to the same in terms of impact uh, on these situations but that video changed everything if it was just heard about you just you know you heard it it'd be one thing but to see it uh what do you think about that and what's the likelihood we'll even see the video leaked well the likelihood is you know it's impossible to predict look there's a there's a reason that the media has informants and there's a reason that those informants leak information. You know, there's all sorts of motivations for that. In this case, you can rest assured that the prosecuting attorney in that jurisdiction, um, which I don't even remember, was that in LA? I don't remember, but whatever the prosecuting uh, attorney jurisdiction is, they've got complete control of that video at this point. However, there's no question that the police have had access to it. And it's certainly possible that any patrol officer in that local police department can get it to the media. And yes, look, there's, do we even have to talk about the obvious difference between the oral versus the visual, you know, that people react differently to what they see. There's no question about, I remember that Ray Rice video. I, I thought for sure, I have no problem admitting, I thought for sure that his girlfriend was overstating the whole thing. And then I saw that video, and I'm like, ooh, that guy's done. Mm-hmm. He's done. Yeah, the aggressiveness. So, yeah, I mean, if, the, the, if, if it, the video comes out, sure, it changes everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's presuming that it shows what we've heard it shows. Yeah, that's true. That's also a good point. Um, and, and a lot of people report on things, and that keeps getting reported on, and you don't know what's true and what's not true. I mean, maybe Kamara didn't even kick him while he's unconscious, and then you have a whole, you know, lesser level to it. But um, it is interesting to think sure. about what what one little thing can do to the the course of of of, a, of an event like this, like the Deshaun Watson thing. One simple claim coming forward from now until March of whatever, March fifteen, March sixteen, whatever the the statute of limitations is on the Watson situation. I think it's March of 2023. So if anything comes forward between now and then, it's such a different, you know, course that it could take. But yeah, the, there's no question the NFL has to deal with it. If Watson's camp failed to specifically disclose that particular transaction, no question. Mm-hmm. And, and and you got to think he probably doesn't have an account. Like if if it was 66 to 100 individuals, there's no way he knows how many people or how to contact them or who, you know what I'm saying? There's no way. There's no way. Um, If it is that number and who's to say if they disclosed only the number of, of individuals that the Texans set up rooms for and the Texans, we can talk about that in a second, I guess now or whatever, the Texans were complicit to some degree because, and obviously there's legal issues with this, that they set up the room in the meeting spot for this and apparently reportedly, and I don't know how accurate the report is provided the non-disclosure agreements to Watson um, to give these individuals. So I imagine there are situations that Watson hasn't accounted for, you know, if it is above that number, the but who, of, who knows? Yeah. The odds of him having, uh, you know, preserved specific uh, data relating to each transaction, each incident, I would say, are comparatively low, but you don't know precisely that information because this is obviously an exceedingly unusual situation, especially given the fact that the team was involved. How so can we haven't heard? How can it, we haven't heard much of that? I mean, we haven't heard a little bit of it, but why? Why is the team not more 
in the spotlight. Well, I thought didn't I thought I heard that the team settled the, the claim immediately. They did, and they got and it hasn't been yeah, talked about well, that much. That's why they did it. That's why they settled was they wanted to you know stop the news cycle as, as quickly as possible, which I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. You know, from my perspective as someone who represents plaintiffs in personal injury and medical malpractice cases, I. I frankly, would be even more motivated to go after the team than I would be against Watson, personally, because the team ought to know better. You know, they're supposed to be the adults in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and they, for them to allow these, these women to be subjected to that under that set of circumstances, and they stated just really... After the settlement announcement, they stated that this is not an admission of guilt, that they're doing this because they believe in, in protecting people, and, you know, especially women, and so they didn't admit any wrongdoing when they announced that they, they had settled. Um, it's just crazy that that was it. We didn't hear anything. Nobody's nobody's going after the team. Nobody's saying, oh, you know, let's talk more about this. It was just accepted. They settled quickly, and, and everyone's just eyes back on Watson, you know. But yeah, Well, it, I've, been, I've been doing the law for 24 years now, Smitty, and every single case that I have ever settled – the, the uh, release has included a clause denying liability. So there's no news there. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the times that I've seen someone pay a million dollars and not have been, you know, tortiously liable have been zero. Zero. Wait, 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 wait. Explain that again and say that again, because I was expecting you to sure. say a high number and you just said zero, zero came yeah. out of your mouth. Yeah, no, the point... <laughs> The point is that if someone's writing a check for seven or eight figures, they're going to insist on a release that says we didn't do anything wrong. Right. But I've never seen a single one who actually didn't do anything wrong. Ever. If you're you're... writing a check for eight figures, you did something wrong. Uh, And that's what a lot of people have been saying lately, and and I do agree with that. But to hear you say you've never in your 25 years seen it happen one time is is a shocking thing to me. Like that, that's that. Well, no. No, what I'm saying is that the public perception that this denial is a bunch of crap, it's a bunch of lawyer gobbledygook is absolutely correct. The, the team did something wrong. They knew yep. they did something wrong. Right. And they wrote a check so that they wouldn't have to be drug, dragged through the mud in the public. Right. That's, and, that's, and that's okay. You know, that's our system of civil justice in this world, in this country. And that's okay because in the end it works. But there's no question that the team knew that they had done something wrong or they wouldn't have settled it in two days. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And, and I, I take a little heat sometimes when I give my opinion. My opinion is that, look, <laughs> Watson did, and I don't want to get into any graphic details or anything, but Watson did do a lot wrong. Like whether he did, I, I can't prove guilt or innocence or anything like that, but but these were calculated, you know, uh, targeting manipulation tactics that he used at an extreme scale in massive numbers. And so, you know, whether he knew exactly how to, you know, not cross a certain line, but it still put, you know, all of these people in this position, he, he did this. He put the team, he put the league in in this situation for people that defend him violating the personal conduct policy. That's funny to me. Because regardless of the innocence of guilt or guilt of the situation in the court of law, he most certainly violated the league's personal conduct policy, but so did the Texans, in my opinion. 
And and I think it's yeah, funny when yeah, people defend him in that regard. That that part bother that part bothers me that people even think some people actually believe that everything was made up. And it's like he's admitted to a lot of things that have happened. He's admitted to women crying, leaving his his presence, and then he says, I don't know why they cried. Like you know, like we know why they cried. You know, we know why. Sure. But of course. Anyway. So I get it. I appreciate you, Tony, coming on here and talking with us. We got to do like some kind of regular series, uh, especially when there's some kind of legal, you know, situation, you know, at hand. But we need to get you on to talk about Camaro once we have more information on that. Ridley, once we, you know, see anything, any movement on that. Are there any other legal situations going on that I'm blanking out on, guys, that we want to ask Tony about before he jumps? Um, Or Tony, if you have anything. Again, those are the two that I, you know, I, you know, obviously acutely familiar with at the moment since I uh, am literally in the middle of a draft. So, uh, that, you know, I don't know. But but I, let me go back to your invitation. I'd be happy to be on any time as long as I'm available. Yeah. Um, I love your show, Smitty. I love the work that you do. And uh, I frankly I get a kick out of talking, especially when it's, in, you know, at least, you know, at least uh, obtusely. Uh, related to fantasy football because I love fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's why we're here. I mean, I am a news show. This is technically a news show. I'm, I'm more about NFL news and NFL talk with fantasy spin during mm-hmm. this, you know, 7 p.m. show every day. Um, so I clearly cover fantasy the entire time, but I do take pride in that this yeah. is a news show. This is an NFL show. I have people in here that don't play fantasy football at all that watch the show daily because. I try and bring oh, that okay. NFL spin cool. it. and to get you on and talk, you know, legal on top yeah. of football, on top of fantasies, like the trifecta. So we need to get you, you know, we need, we need, we need to have a Tony segment that we, you know, we call you, <laughs> we call you when we need you. Um, and I apologize that the phone number that you had to dial in, uh, had, uh, ironic, uh, coincidence with this, the topic at hand, <laughs> the, the 602 NFL, <laughs> That's fine, buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Call into the show. Dial 602-NFL. Uh, okay, Tony. Appreciate right. you, man. Um, uh, we'll get you back on yeah. real soon. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, Smitty. Take care, buddy. Yep. Tony, the tiger attorney at law. Man is an, an animal, a beast, a fantasy football and legal mind above no others. Tony the tiger, ladies and gentlemen. And we will, on that note, go to the voicemail segment of the show. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. And uh, believe it or not, my voicemail groups have been a little bit behind on dropping the voicemails today. So I'm, I'm literally going in there and I'm not seeing much of anything in there from my people I know that uh, Terry had some some questions, and we'll open the phone lines. The phone lines are actually open right now, so if you guys want to dial into the show, we can definitely Call take care of you. Call into the show. Dial six zero two N F L. Terry's got a few right here from the Discord. Terry, Smitty in an election draft. D uh, B man ask. Would you rather have Jamar Chase and DK or CD and Debo? CD, Salam, and Debo. 
that's a good one. Uh, thank you for everybody in here today. Hit that thumb up button on your way out or in the door. Jamar Chase, DK, or Lamb and Debo. Give me... God, that's tough. What do you guys think? Answer that question in the chat. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? What's up, Smitty? This is Hayden. Hayden, what's up, my man? Hey, man. I called you a few weeks ago about uh, when I was trading picks, and I had like 14, 35 through 38. Okay. And you had some players you wanted me to get. Well, we had that draft yesterday, so I was going to tell you who I got. Okay, who'd you get? Listen to this dream team, man. I got Joe Burrow, DK, Terry, Javante, ETN, Schultz, Judy, and Hall. Wow. All on the same team. Wow. Nice job. Read yep. that read that one more time. Joe Burrow, DK, Terry, Javante, ETN, Brees Hall on the bench, Dalton Schultz, Brees Hall Jerry Judy in the foot. Brees Hall. I'm about, I'm about to fire a Brees Hall. Yeah, you, I mean you almost gotta make a, a like a trade somehow, but I don't want you trading ETN either. You can only start two running backs? No, I could start three. I just had Judy in there right now. Oh yeah, po- uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. You could argue that. Uh, maybe you don't need to make a trade then. Maybe you put Brees when Brees gets going. You know, if you want to wait a week or two, I, I can understand that. Yeah, it's a good team, bro. And yeah. I like Judy. I, yeah. I mean, DK That's and what I was gonna call it too. Actually, if I should trade for anything like that, because I don't know who to start. I mean. Let the Judy hype climb a little bit more. This this injury to Tim Patrick might do something to Judy's value. So you might be able to trade Judy. And I'm not opposed to trading ETN if you could like trade up and get a, like a top two or three monster. But I really kind of feel like ETN could be a top five guy. You know, I, I really I, not that I expect it, not that I draft it, but like now that you have him, you know, I don't know that I want to. I don't want to know that I want you trading him. I'd almost say like, yeah. can you trade? Who are your other running backs besides the big three that you got? Uh, Madison, Rashad White, Marlon Mack, <laughs> Daryl Williams. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, sit tight. Offer comes to you. Attack it, but good job. Appreciate right. you, Smitty. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Call, call in any time, even if you got another question today. Later. Sir. So, the, the chat saying DK, Chase, Lamb, Debo, Lamb, Debo, DK, Chase, DK, Chase, Lamb, Debo, Lamb, Debo, Lamb. See, it's like really, really even. Uh, I mean, it all comes down to DK. If you think DK can be a low-end wide receiver one, and I still think he can. I think, I mean, first of all, Geno is probably going to start. And Geno, Geno and DK have a pretty good rapport. Uh, But I probably lean, God, it's hard to say this, but I probably would lean Lamb Debo. And I hate saying that. I, that that's a tough question. I, I, I could, I could go, I, I almost changed my mind right now. Like, I could go back and forth on it, so I... And Dollar Bill asked, with Deshaun Watson only getting six uh, games suspension, how does that change Chubb's AVP? Does it go up? Does Cooper's go up? I'll call back again. What does it do for Hunts and New Jokers? Does it go up? Yeah, so... He was asking about people's Jones as well. He's not sure. What's up? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty, it's Andy. What's up, Andy? What's up? I got a 10-man cheaper and a cutdown's coming up. Cutdown is in 10 days. Okay. Standard scoring, I got eight pretty much locked in, easy to pick. 
But then I have Chase Edmonds, Khalil Herbert, Hunter Renfro, and I also have Schultz and Moose. So I can only keep two of that, two of those five. Say, say, say the five again. It would be uh, Chase Edmonds, Khalil Herbert, Renfro. I also have Schultz and and Firemuth. I do have Kelsey too. So Firemuth, uh, you're keeping Kelsey though, right? Obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm keeping Kelsey. Firemuth, and then who was after Firemuth? Schultz. No, Schultz, you gave me already. So I have. Uh... I have Edmonds, I have Herbert. Yeah, I have Schultz, I have Kelsey. But I'll, I'll keep whatever, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll keep them all sound. Yeah, but you said Edmonds, Khalil Herbert, Schultz, Fryer, Moose, and who else? Hunter Renfro. 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 Um, Renfro. Renfro. Uh, I I don't know, man. I don't, it's standard I, scoring, too. I know this is you like can a keep, dinosaur. You can keep two, right? So I'll probably say Schultz. Yeah. Schultz is a lock because... The guy's getting traded or drafted in like the fifth round now, which I don't condone necessarily. I loved him in the seventh round. Then he climbed to the sixth round. We're like, okay, we'll take Schultz in the sixth round. And I love him. He could earn fifth round value. I'm just saying I I, I take him because guess what? Week one starts, you're going to be able to trade this guy for for a ton. You know, you're, you're going to be able okay. to trade him for a ton. So you're probably not going to be able to trade him before week one, unfortunately. Maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe somebody will get excited. But I kind of lean. God, I'm not big on Edmonds. I'm. I, I like Fryermuth, but he's not. I probably go. You can only keep two of these guys. I probably keep Schultz and Ren, Renfro. Renfro. Uh, yeah. I like Khalil Herbert, but you could draft him back. Edmonds, I just don't care about. I. I don't know why. I may be wrong on that. I could be. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm getting Herbert so late in other drafts that I don't even care anymore if I keep him. Yeah, him. Herbert, I mean, just throw him back. You'll, you'll draft back him back. Fryermuth, you'll draft him back too. No one's taking him more than before 10, 11 round, round area. Edmonds, Edmonds might be smart because you can trade him because some people like him a lot. He's a starter in Miami, but I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I lean between Schultz is a lock. I lean, I lean between Edmonds and Renfro. I kind of lean Renfro, but I just feel like. I feel like Renfro is not going to be as good this year. I, you know, there's too many mouths to feed. I, Adams landing in Las I Vegas is too, not. I like Renfro's talent. You know. Yeah. I, but, but yeah, this year. I mean, if you can, you do you think anybody would trade for Edmonds? We. Uh, I mean, it's hard to trade right now. Like a couple days before the trade deadline, it's always a flurry because everybody's cutting down to ten. Yeah. So I've been trying to trade, but everybody knows the wait. For a couple of days before the cut down, and for those saying Herbert, for those saying Herbert, I love Herbert, but Herbert can be drafted back. No, I love Herbert. No too. one's no one's gonna scoop him up for a while. He can draft him back with ease. So it's not that me saying drop Herbert doesn't mean I don't like him. He can only keep two guys. You guys keep saying cut Herbert. He is he's gonna only keep two. I would keep Dalton Schultz, and I'd probably keep I'd probably keep Renfro because I feel like Renfro you could start in your wide receiver three in a bind and he'll do okay for you, you know, whereas Edmonds, yeah. I don't know if Edmonds will be starting in week four. So that's where I go. But Edmonds, Edmonds might be the guy to keep. If you feel like you can pull off a trade, if you feel like you can pull off a trade 
Edmonds, but if Edmonds isn't starting by week five and you're telling me my league won't trade with me, then I, what good is he going to do you if he's not starting there or not in the lineup? So I, I lean Renfro with no trading. I lean Edmonds with trading. I wish I could give you a more definitive answer, but like the guy before you, some yeah, questions don't have an answer, too, you know? So it, it's rough. Yeah. All I mean, right, man. I, it, I appreciate the advice. So yep. I'll try and get some trades and maybe I can do a two for one or something and that'll, that'll help. Yeah, buddy. All right, later. All right, later. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? All right. Deuces. Um, Watson? Yeah, that, that's a, I mean, that's a subjective question and answer. I, Edmonds or Renfro? I don't know. Some people love Edmonds. I don't. Watson. How does he affect uh, Chubb? And I mean, it's great for Chubb. You know, but will Chubb be overworked and and hit eight man front after eight man front at the beginning of the part of the year and get hurt? Or you know, I worry about Chubb in the first six weeks. But this is better for his long long term value this year. What's up, James Conklin in the house? What's up, pal? You're live on the show, Mister Smitty. What's up, man? I'm doing my dynasty draft, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of punted on running back besides Brees Hall. So real quick, I went Burrow, Hall, Hurt. McLaren, DJ, uh, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore, and then Trevor Lawrence was just sitting there for two rounds. So I solidified my my, my quarterback. Got to play two quarterbacks. So yeah. Having three quarterbacks isn't that big of a deal. Nice, man. Problem I'm having right now is piecing together a war, uh, running back two. <laughs> okay. So available is Damian Harris, don't love. Tony Pollard. I do love Kareem Hunt. I love even if he goes to another team next year. I, I love that. Um, but the two that I'm really conflicted on is Damian Price or Damian Pierce and Rashard White. Now it's a dynasty league, so. Uh, so you have Pierce, so you have White. That's where you I'm have... at. I got, I'm, I'm going to take two of these guys because I'm sitting at uh, the pick five. So. So Pierce, White, Tony Pollard. Um. And Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt. And, and I assume Walker's gone. Well, yeah, Walker was gone. Um, Raul took Walker. Just Raul and Caleb this this week. Okay. Uh, Caleb's putting together a monster. I assume uh, Ramondre's... I don't know what Raul's doing. Ramondre's gone, right? Uh, but, yeah. Ramondre will be gone. Uh, I already talked to my buddy on the phone, and I was trying to talk him out of that pick, you know, just putting <laughs> that mental ju- jiu-jitsu on him, and it wasn't working. He's taking him at uh, eight. Well, Try to talk so. about it. Hey, don't don't take him. He's not good. Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> Give me. I'm like, you're taking a Bill Belichick running back? What's wrong with you? Give me Pollard yeah. for sure. Okay, give me Pollard for sure. With the keeper or dynasty value, Pollard is not only good right now. He's the best running back on the Dallas Cowboys roster. I don't care what any Zeke Elliott owner casual comes in here and tries this. Nostalgic Zeke Elliott owner comes in here and says, oh, Zeke Elliott's great. Like, he's going to do okay. As long as Elliott stays healthy, he'll probably still get fed. Like, he'll be, it'll be frustrating for Tony Pollard owners in the beginning of the year. I'm going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You probably, based on what we're hearing out of Dallas right now, for as long as Zeke stays healthy, which I don't think will be all year, Tony Pollard owners might grow a little frustrated. But he, he's got massive upside. Elliott, I imagine the team moving on from Elliott. And Pollard getting an opportunity next year, and if not, 
Elliot gets hurt and and opportunities there anyway. I would go if it's me. Elliot gets hurt, he's he's taking off. If it's me, I'd gamble and go either Pierce or White. I kind of would go Pierce for right now. I feel like White might fall a little bit further. Pierce will go a little quicker in the draft if I had to guess. Um, so I would go Pierce okay. and I would go Tony Pollard if that's me. But I, I wouldn't stop there. You know, if you're piecing together a running back too, you might you might want right. to you might want to continue on the running back hunt. Uh, no pun intended for Hunt. Hunt and uh, Hunt right. and. And White would be good options. Algier would be a good option later. Right. Um, so, thoughts on Penny? Because, I mean, right now he's got the number one job, right? Yeah. But I hate their line. I hate their line. I mean, I, I like I like Penny in some respects, but I don't know about in Dynasty that I'm going near him when I have options like Pollard on the table, options like White, who've got who have more long-term value. Penny, to me, has very little chance of being a future value. Like, could he be a thorn in the side of Walker all year long and then get hurt at the end of the year or whatever? Penny staying healthy all year and going into the next year as a starter seems so unlikely to me. So I I wouldn't take the gamble, personally. I'd rather get... Give me Tony Pollard, give me Damian Pierce. all day over Penny? You what? They're right next to each other. They're they're 134-135. Who who is? Like I'm I'm at a I'm at a position where I do not I don't need quarterback anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean I mean take a Pen- lot of these guys are looking for quarterbacks now. Take Penny if you want now value, but yeah, you know like he is going to well, be. Think, he, I think with my, I think with my receivers I went high floor. Um, it just based on their quarterback play I should be all right. And Brees Hall is going to be a monster. Um, Getting pits in the fourth round was fantastic. Yeah, so I like my team. I'm just the the, the run back two spot scaring me a little bit. Okay. So. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, man. That's all I got, man. I appreciate it. All right, later, man. Yep, Mr. Conklin, Madcap. Sean Hanley, two four seven asked, based on info from today's hearing postponement. Would you try to upgrade from James Conner to Kamara in Dynasty for a win-now team? Yeah. What might it cost in addition to Conner to get that deal done? I don't know what you'd have to get, but in addition, man. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Hey, it's Mindy. This is Noah. What's up, Noah? Noah Noah who? Uh, yeah, I'm new, I'm new to the show. Okay. Uh, I don't think this is my first time calling in. Oh, so. we, we've had uh, a lot of Noah's here, so I didn't know if you were a Noah of old. This is new Noah. Yeah, new Noah. Okay. Um, I guess what are your thoughts on a 16 man league? Do you think it's too many people? Um, you know why I think so? Because what, what content provider out there is cranking out 16 team league advice? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that that determines all. Like, you know, you have you have your own brain, you have your own uh, concepts, and but like, you literally you want very little content about your league. You know what I mean? Like, that's why that's why I would say no to big big leagues. I mean, we do big leagues, right? We're we're doing a big league, but we're doing a very unique league, and the values still kind of apply and. And the same thing can be said about a 16-man. Like, if you do a 16-man, like, you're just not going to hear... There's going to be some advice you can't apply. And there's going to be a lot of advice you can. 
but you're gonna have a lot different lot different strategy in a regular 16 man league with regular lineups when we do a creative like 20 person league or whatever we'll have a um we'll have like a one quarterback one running back one wide receiver you know or something weird like that but i don't know i just say why create 16 man plus is it a dynasty league or a redraft no it's a redraft yeah, that'll be easier to replace people. But like if it was Dynasty, oh my god, like the amount of people that could drop out and that would be a mess. Uh I, I would say, you know, right. it doesn't hurt to have one, but it's just it's just crazy, you know, to 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 consume content that way. But that's me. You know, what are you going to do? Kick somebody yeah. out. If you got 16 good guys together, like do it. Try it. Maybe it's great. Maybe you'll love it. Maybe maybe the stuff you get from the show helps you dominate because you got to dig deeper and these guys don't know how to dig deeper. Maybe us pinpointing the like the uh la- yesterday's show when we're talking about hamler picking up hamler you might have been like oh my god i can pick up hamler right now he's available you would have picked him up and then T- tim patrick went down and you would have been in the money you know so like may- maybe the show will help you dominate a 16 teamer so do it if, if it's 16 good guys do it why not okay appreciate it man yeah. have a anything else no that's all all right new noah call back anytime new noah appreciate you Yeah, sixteen teamer. I, I mean, I would I, I would do it, but I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go after it and try and make a sixteen teamer, you know. Let's see. Uh, did I miss any super chats? I'm sorry if I did. The last one I had was from Ron. Ron, I noticed you didn't have a question in it, so I'm sorry I didn't stop and read it. But let's read it now. Yep, everybody always wants to take the side of the pro athlete they love. And they think all these women always lie about it. The money always makes it go away and they get away with it. It's the crying, it's a crying shame, says Ron. I respect everybody's opinion on this matter. Um, I just, I just don't, I just don't, I don't speak too much on the legal part of it, the criminal part of it, but to say that he didn't do anything wrong is crazy. This guy was calculated in how he did everything over and over and over and over again. So, like, you know, he did put himself in the league and the team in this position. What's up, the Bruce? Hey, Smitty, I got a quick question for you. The Bruce! What's up, the Bruce? Hey, uh, I'm in a league where you can only keep guys for one year, but you can trade them. So, I have Austin Eckler. I can't keep him. Uh, should I... Um, is a fair trade Eckler and Russell Wilson for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase? Uh, Eckler and Russell Wilson for Joe Burrow and Jamar. Um, is it fair? Yeah, would you do that trade? Is it would I do it? Absolutely. Is it fair? Is a different question, or you know, could it be vetoed or whatever? So you're talking about talking about. The Bruce trading away Eckler, Russell Wilson, <laughs> Eckler, Eckler, and Chase are about the same ADP wise. So if we were to remove both of them from the conversation, still there, Smitty? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the Bruce. I, I muted you on accident. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So so Eckler and Wilson, Eckler. I mean, while I love it, while I think it's a home run, I don't think anybody can veto it. You know, Jamar Chase and Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase crush it, crush it. Like, I want Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase 1,000 times over. Like, I'm going to hit the button for you. Let me hit the Joe Burrow. 
people are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. I mean, you're you're talking about an amazing trade here, the Bruce. Uh, hold on, where am I at? An amazing trade, but you could argue it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you think about it from an ADP standpoint, Eckler and Jamar Chase are going in the same place. Their ADPs are about the same, right? Um, some yeah. might take Russell Wilson over Joe Burrow. Not anybody we know, but somebody might. And Joe Burrow's ADP is sometimes r- ridiculously low. So, I, I mean, you could get away with this, bro. This is a really good trade. It's a really good lesson for everybody out here not thinking about it because when you break it down ADP-wise, some would argue in favor of Russell Wilson and Eckler. And I wouldn't, but some would. And so, therefore... It is something to be taken advantage of. I like it, Bruce. I'm going to Smitty approve this easily. Yeah, that's all I had because they they said because uh, we can only keep people for one year, but then you can trade that person. So I kept Eckler my one year. I held on to him. Um, so that's why I didn't know if I should do that. And you get them at their ADP. So Chase, he's going to be my first round pick and. Burrow's going to be, I guess, sixth round, fifth I, round, something like that. Okay, so there's rounds attached to this that you haven't revealed to me. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you said uh, what's Jamar's being held where? In the first, but still with Ackler. He okay. wouldn't have a first-round pick. I wouldn't have a first-round okay, pick. Okay, and then Burrow and Wilson, what are the difference in rounds? Uh. I don't think there's a difference in rounds. Okay, I think fine. they're both in like the fifth Do or it. sixth. Punch it. punch it, Brucey. Punch punch it. Okay. Hey, I have a question for you, Bruce. Right. Answer honestly, okay? Yep. Is this a trade yeah. with your mother? No. Okay. Your father? No, she's not in this league. No, he's not in it either. Okay. I just want to make sure you aren't gonna create problems at home by by swindling yeah. as somebody said in the chat, swindling your grandma. You know, swindling your pops or your moms. Um, go do it. No, punch it. If um, this isn't your best friend or your parents, punch it. Who cares the ramifications? I don't yeah, care if it's your, your, your second cousin. <laughs> punch it. Make him. Make him pay. Make him pay. Who cares okay. if they don't talk to you for a week or two? This isn't your mom. This isn't your dad. I'll this isn't your pay. grandma. Punch it. All right. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right, I'm going to punch in. Yep, my dad still says he wants a burrow hoodie, and I'm like, eventually they'll be made. People uh, getting burrowed left and right. Yeah, that's a lot of text on there. People getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. He wants the whole text on a hoodie? <laughs> uh, Something like that, or just people getting burrowed. People getting burrowed left and right. Uh, We could put little yeah. emoji. We could put little hand emojis. People getting burrowed, and then have the two hand emojis that would yeah, be a good one yeah i still want your dad to, to compete with your mom and vie for the top parent spot of one of the one of the subscribers on the show so you tell your dad to drop oh, us I'm, a, gonna, a, I'm gonna try when he gets home from work because he was out and then uh he just came does he watch the show like does your ago. dad watch the show or does he just hear about stuff no, he watches. Well, this is for, this is for your dad, Mr. Robeson. Uh, Brucey, you can tell him that we're talking about him at one hour and ten minutes and twenty three seconds into the show. One hour and ten minutes into the show. This is for you, Mr. Robeson. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it.
Get burrowed. There, we played the bur- get burrowed for him. All right, Bruce, appreciate you, man. Yeah. Yep, thank you. Later. Only the Bruce's family gets involved in the show. Like, the whole family. Absolutely love it. Love it. Um, What are we at? Hour and ten minutes into the show, I said. Let's uh, let's go back to the phone lines for just a few more minutes. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602-NFL. We got the Bruce cut loose like a deuce, says Space uh, uh, Space uh, Ricky. The deuce is loose by the Bruce. What's up? Smitty voicemail one. You got one for me? Okay, let's go to it. Voicemail one. Hey, Smitty, here's one that'll only really apply to a few of us dinosaurs, but... You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Hey, what's up, Smitty? What's up? Who's this? This is Angus. How's it going? Angus, what's up, my man? What's up, buddy? Um, so, when it comes to running backs, I'm liking the second round a lot more than the first. And I'm a big Javante fan. I usually do take him right there at the one-two turn. The only other running back, though, that gives me like that I, makes me just raise my eyebrow a little bit is Aaron Jones, simply because in a PPR setting he could just absolutely clean up with targets on Green Bay. So I understand all the benefits of Javante. Why am I too high on Aaron Jones in in this situation? I don't know that you're too high on Aaron Jones, but like there's a lot there's high risk, high reward for Aaron Jones anywhere in the top like top of the second round. Because, I mean, if you think back, like, why did Aaron Jones rise? Because coming out of 2022, no one was excited about Aaron Jones. You know, like, Uh losing Devontae Adams, that could be a negative. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to 100% be a positive. I think most people are thinking, okay, I need a second-round running back. It's feeling like this so-called dead zone of running back. Um, And I kind of disagree a little bit that I don't love round two for running backs. I love Javante. But then I, I kind of feel like that round is kind of dry. Um, I won't go as far as to call it a dead zone that people keep trying to say it's a dead zone. I'd say it's a, a little bit of a light a light area for running back. But Brees Hall, to me, sure. you know, at the top of round three, if I get all worried about running backs, I'm taking Brees Hall at the top of three. I'm taking ETN at the top of three. I'm not looking back. I don't care what people say. Um, but But I feel like Aaron Jones needs to be drafted like 15 or beyond. I don't know. I, I, I mean, he's got to catch 80 passes, which he could, to be worth what I think you're paying there. And and, and A.J. Dillon's not going away, so Aaron Jones has to be utilized as the number one wide receiver on the, in the offense. And he could and he should. If I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm literally throwing to Aaron Jones. I, I, I'm giving him 80 to 90 receptions. He's the best wide uh-huh. receiver on the entire roster in terms of... of you know, hands and rapport and like he is a, he's a running back, but he is the number one pass catcher for Rogers in 2022 if they utilize Uh him. But can we say with certainty they will? I I don't know. I don't know for sure. You'd think they would, but I don't know that I'm gambling because like who, who is there at 12, 13, 14 Debo, you know, and Debo runs the ball, catches the ball. He's very effective. Lamb's there. Javante's going to fall there. 
Uh, Swift could, but he oftentimes goes at like seven or he goes at thirteen. Like it, it's tough to know. I don't know. You know, I kind of, I kind of like those guys a little more than I like Aaron Jones, to be honest. I get what you mean. Like, like he could earn the spot, but he could also just completely eat it as well. Um, and there's a little bit of risk there. I mean, for for me, it's more. I don't see like I, I I never like to draft position, and I know you talk about that a fair amount whenever I tune in. But I don't see a scenario, at least for this season, where I don't take an elite receiver in the first, just because. It, there's such a class in and of themselves, and there's so such little risk. So that means you're then trying to find some running back value later. I love ETN in the third. Um, yeah, Javante in the second, anytime I can get him as well. And then just kind of loading up on people who are going to get a ton of targets a little bit later. But are, are you a good, like, sleeper running back guy? Like, do you, do you tend to have the Tony Pollards, the Madisons when they pop off? Because, like, the way, the way I look Michael. at you what? Yeah. I was just going to say that what makes me feel most comfortable is when, like, you take the guaranteed receivers kind of in the beginning because that's a little bit harder to project as you go along. But then, yeah, you can take these really high upside running backs where, like, just the right roll of the dice, they go from, like, eighth round, an eighth round pick to, like, second round. I mean, that's the way I look at it. I look at it like, okay, it's, it's so simple, but nobody does it, like, in uniform you know, every round guaranteed, everybody gets very, very caught up in position. And I, I understand Probably. why, because I've had people, we call these worried, worried Williams. I've had a worried William that has ordered a draft call with me before. His name really wasn't William. We're calling him worried William. And this dude uh-huh. literally told me, Smitty, I want you to take control of this situation. I go, look, worried William. I'm not drafting for you. I'm helping you. I want this to be your team. He's like, I know, Smitty, but I want you to tell me what to do. And I'm like, well, what What fun is this, worried William? You know, that, that you're not going to play. I'm going to play, and you're just going to play my team? So I, I told him. I go, we could do a couple approaches. And I mapped it out with him. And I said, Worry, worried William, we could take the best player available, no matter what path it takes us down. And that might, I'm warning you, might create a hole at your running back, too. Are you comfortable with that? Yes, I am, Smitty, worried William said with the... A total affirmation, gung ho. He was so excited to try something crazy, and I, you know, to me, it's not crazy. But okay, we crushed the draft, bro. We took the best player available. Worried William didn't have a running back too by round five, though. Like we we crushed wide receiver, we crushed running back. We were drafting one of the best teams that I had drafted to date at that point. It was like early August. This guy couldn't uh-huh. sleep at night. He couldn't sleep at night. He was texting me constantly on the text line. This guy had a panic attack practically. He's like, I got to get a running back too. He dismantled his entire team into a garbage team that had so he could get a running back too. Just watered down his wide receivers to trash. And the guy's running back too wasn't even like one of the best running back twos. And he ruined his team. So everybody's different. And some people can't handle best player available. And, I, and I've come to terms with that. So I'm not going to force it down anyone's throat. But if you play it out properly and you sit there and you say, round one, who is the best player available to me? Not according to ADP, not according to my friend over here that's going to make fun of me if I reach a little bit. Who is the best player? Jamar Chase at number seven? Home run. I don't care about running back right now. That's not my concern. You get to round two. Oh my God, it's Debo Samuel. I don't like I don't like Aaron Jones here. I go Debo. You get to round three. 
Brees Hall is a fourth-round ADP. I don't care. He's the best player available, and I need a running back to boot, which can impact your best player available evaluation because it's best player available to you at the time with your team build and what's going on around you. Brees Hall, punch it. Now I got Jamar Chase. Now I got Debo Samuel. Now I got Brees Hall, and I'm in round four, and I'm sitting there, and and uh, let's say ETN's there. Punch it, or let's let actually let's go down the worried William path. Let's say it's not a uh, let's say it's it's McLaurin. You take McLaurin. So now you got three wide receivers. No, no, we'll go, we'll go with Kyle Pitts. We'll go with Kyle Pitts. So you got Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Brees Hall, Kyle Pitts. You're in round five. Worried William would say we gotta go running back. We don't have to do anything. We're doing best player available, baby. DK sitting there. Mm-hmm. You can start four wide receivers. DK, do it. Dial it up. Joe Burrow's there. Oh, my God. I'll go Joe Burrow the next round. I don't have to do anything. I don't care if I'm starting Tony Pollard at my running back, too, if I'm stacking every other position to the rafters. It doesn't matter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and again, you could just get such value for your RB2 much later. So there's just absolutely like, – like for me, like in those early rounds, like you got to chase the targets. That's usually receivers. And having a receiver in the flex, like it's, and again, this is amplified even more so if you're doing PPR. Like that's why somebody like Waddle last season towards the end was just so insane because he's getting all the targets. You don't even need him to score for him to put up 15 points. So you want to chase the targets early on instead of uh, just like getting a really solid RB two. Yeah, I I just love the people that panic about it. Like, oh my god, what about my running back two? Who cares about your running back two? If if yeah. you believe in your sleeper capabilities, and and you are stacking your team to the rafters, like if you take a running back in round five because you have to have a running back too, and you have the opportunity to stack the other position, you're going to dilute that other position you're about to ignore to go after the running back. Like it's all relative. No one's saying best player available is to take backup tight ends and backup quarterbacks before you need them. That's not what I'm saying. And nor is best player available taking uh, uh, the best player according to the pre-rank list or ADP. I could care less about ADP. ADP is telling me how you're drafting, not you specifically, but it's telling me how my league mates are drafting. It's a blueprint, and I manipulate the blueprint. I don't use it or draft it. I draft around it, and sometimes that's a reach. I'll take Brees Hall at 3.4 instead of getting cute and letting him fall to to the mid-fourth where he may not be available anymore. I'll reach. Give me Brees Hall. Third round, home run, win a league. Boom. Mm-hmm. All right, Angus, I appreciate you, pal. Real quick, what's your thought with Stefan Diggs in, at the end of the first? Because I really like getting him like when I'm at the 11th or 12th spot and then getting Josh Allen in like the fourth. That's like one of my favorite teams that I keep drafting. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't – I honestly, like when you think of Debo – who's now in the top 12 to 14 overall. Debo's no longer a 14 or 18 overall pick. And I, I did a, you know, my my best pick in every round video series I'm doing right now, I did round one. I haven't released round two because we've been going live constantly throughout the days. So I'm working on that now right. to release tomorrow or tonight, probably tomorrow. But round two, I talk right. about Debo being a steal at 15 to 18. I got to like interject and re-record a piece of it and say, stop, this happened. I recorded this before the Debo thing. Because Debo was a 15 to 18 overall steal. But the truth is, and what I'll tell you in the video coming up tonight or tomorrow, in the best pick in every round, round two video, I love Debo at 18. I still love Debo at 13. 
and Debo, nice. Diggs, C.D. Lamb, and and uh, who am I forgetting here at this at this stage? Uh, Lamb, Diggs, Debo, and and probably like even Adams right around there. They're all they're all very arguable. Like you you if one person was to say, "Haha, I can't believe you lo- you don't you don't like Adams number one on that list," or "How do you not have Diggs number one on that list?" Those four wide receivers are neck and neck. No one has any business telling anybody else they can't have Diggs as the the top ranked wide receiver in that group of four. Diggs, Lamb, Debo, and Adams. Those are the guys vying for that number four, number five spot. You know, and there's a couple others. I'm not I'm not trying to exclude everybody, but those guys are all very very close. No one has a, a case to say that Diggs has to be four or five or has or can't be six or seven. It's just a talented group. Right. Do I like them? Yeah. Do I like Debo a little more? Maybe because of the 380 yards he's probably going to guaranteed run to get another $650,000, you know, and three rushing touchdowns gets him another 150 k This guy's incentivized to run, and, and 300 yards, three touchdowns, and then 1,400 yards receiving, another seven or eight touchdowns. I, I, I like I Debo a lot. I like both of them. I go back and forth. Honestly, if I had two teams side by side at at fourteen overall, I would take one in one league and one in the other. And if Lamb's there, I'd take Lamb. I mean, I don't know, bro. I wish I had an answer for you. You guys are asking a lot of questions today. Sometimes there's not a definitive answer, and I don't want to force one. Like it's 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 Diggs and Lamb and Debo and Adams. They're all so close, bro. That's how I thought about it, too. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, not thinking about something like that. I mean, you got Josh Allen and Diggs. It's kind of a fun stack. Um, that offense will be uh, uh, lights out. Um, Diggs is very consistent and efficient. I like him. Um, but do I think do I think Lamb will probably outscore him if Lamb stays healthy? Yeah. Do I think Debo will outscore him if Debo stays healthy? Yeah. Is Diggs more likely uh-huh. to stay healthy than maybe both of those guys? Maybe. That's kind of why he's in that in that mix, and and Adams, you probably take Adams over all of them. But is it crazy to think that that Lamb will outscore Adams? Heck no. It, it, uh-huh. Either one could outscore the other. Debo Diggs Dig, Diggs could outscore all those guys. You know, Diggs could be the number four wide receiver in uh-huh. fantasy football. He could be the number three. I mean, he, he's got the talent. Nice. All right, buddy. Hey, hell yeah, man! Thank you. Sir. Later. If you're a win-now team, how early do you take kickers in defense? Do you always wait for your last pick? Or once you get into 13, 14, if you've really filled your bench spots, are you grabbing them in hopes of a win-now, or do you wait till the end? Um, It depends. Like, if, if let's say, there's nobody on the board that I like, and I'm just going to follow the formula. You always wait to draft a kicker in D. Always wait to draft a kicker in D. Like, if you don't like who's on the board, jump on kicker and D one round earlier than normal and get the top kicker in the top D. Everybody waits till the second the, the second or last round and the last round to take a kicker and D. If you're, like, literally looking at crowders or whatever, who cares? Like, go after your kicker and D. Get the best kicker, the best D, and then get your crowder. You know, like, so I, I'm okay with that. What's up, Ron? Hey, what's up, Smitty? What up, my man? Hey. Let's talk a little underdog best ball. Okay, let's do it. Uh, by the way, anybody um, wants to go to underdog, go to underdog fantasy 
deposit match of up to $100 for any new depositors from this moment forward. If you if you are a new depositor, you use promo code SMITTY or the link down in the description, you will get a match of up to $100. That means you deposit $100, you get an extra $100. You deposit $50, you get an extra $50 on your first deposit. Go do it and play Underdog Fantasy. What's up, Ron? Hit me with it. All right. Well, first of all, with the puppy that's going on right now, I don't think it's going to last more than a week. There's already been like 40-some thousand, and this is only the second day, and it's open to 200, um, I think 20 or 230,000. Let's do it. Let's do it tonight. in there, yep, if you're going to get in there, I would suggest, you know, you get in there within this week because it's going to fill up fast. Some, st- some stuff I've noticed in there on some players. Okay. I, I told you that I got, I was surprised I got Chase at number, at spot seven, one seven, right? Okay. But then I got the, I got the seven spot again. I got Chase there again. And then I was in another draft where Chase went number eight. Now it's starting to like, whoa, wait a second. What's going on with Chase? Because he seems to be dropping further back in the draft. That's one player that seems to be moving the opposite way down the draft board for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't think there's a good reason out there. It's just the other thing is more and more people are taking um, McCaffrey number one over over. So if you got the number two thinking you're getting McCaffrey more than likely he's going number one um, as of recently. And then um, uh, later on uh, Lance is starting to take over. Uh, being drafted above Burrow, where he's actually spotted in his ADP below, but a lot of people are taking him above Burrow. Um, so that's, that's just some of the players. Some of the lower players are like, uh, you know, um, Romeo Dubs is moving up to ADP. If you're going to try to get him, um, you might want to get him while he's almost still free. Who? Um, Who? And some other players like that. What player? Uh, Romeo Dobbs. Okay. Romeo Dobbs. Um, you know, some people are, I mean, he has a late, late pit, you know, we don't know what he's going to do, but I tell you, everybody's back on, uh, um, everybody's back on, uh, Tennessee receiver rookie, uh, Burks? Traylon, Traylon Burks. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's, uh, he's moving back up the boards. So that's something also that if you're going to, you know, if you're looking at him, he, he's he's moving on up. So, I mean, the reason I say this is, especially if you're, like, at the beginning of the, the draft on the turn or the end of the turn, you know, any of the turns, um, if, you're, if you're looking like, you know, you're building your team and that's the type of player you need on the turn, get if he's not going to come back to you, you might have to jump up, you know, what, 15 to 16 or 17 spots to get that player that you really want um, that fits your team. Hmm. So, yeah, that's I, just what I've noticed so far. I think DK DK still falling right into the round five. Yeah, he's still around the oh, he's still. But Brees Hall's moving up. Of course, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder for me to pick him up because before I had no problem. You know, I'm a big running back guy because I, I, I mean, the running backs to me are the scarcest position and if I can get a quality running back those are always usually the best players available for me so you know if I can get like Najee 
and then maybe uh, a Javante late in the second, and then go and get ETN in the third and Hall in the fourth. That was my that was my thing. I could do that if I wanted to. <clears throat> but now it's getting harder and harder to get Hall. You almost got to choose who do I want. Do I want ETN or do I want Hall? If you're going to go that route, so it's getting harder and harder to get both of those together. Yeah. Um, if you want. Now, I know we were t- um, your other caller, you were talking about, he was like, I like getting my receivers and all that. Well, me too, but I, I, I have to be in the, they have to come to me. You know, if, if, if Cup, Jefferson, or, um, you know, one of the top three receivers come, I'm taking them. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just, you know, I'm going to take them. And then I'll, you know, after that, I'm taking, you know, the uh, the running backs that that I like, um, and then a lot of times I'll like uh, I'll like a receiver in the second round, but sometimes no, it'll be a running back. So yep, it all depends, and and then and it's really weird because sometimes I'll end up with four four running backs right in a row, and then sometimes I'll end up with like three receivers and yeah. one running back, good. and then I'm it's good to, to mix get it up. Running backs later on, it's good to mix it up, get a yeah, bunch of different so, versions. All right, Ron, I got to jump. I got to jump so to I answer the. Yeah, appreciate the call. Yeah, I just and, wanted to call and get some Yeah, ADP update. We we appreciate that. Maybe we'll we'll do this on the semi regular call in and tell us what you're seeing in, in the ADP world. But we'll we'll go on underdog tonight and do a couple puppies or something. So I'll see you tonight. All right, brother. All right, later, Have Ron. Appreciate one. appreciate you. Okay, let me answer these super chats here. Conklin said also dynasty team name. It hurts to be burrowed. I like that, James Conklin. That's pretty good. Sorry it took me so long to respond to this uh, super chat. Uh, Kenny has a voicemail. I think there's a beginning part of this. Hey, Smitty. Here's one that will only really apply to a few of us dinosaurs. But if you're a win-now team... Oh, oh the is this the kicker D? How early do you take kickers? Okay. Yeah, kicker. I got that one. Thank you, Kenny, for that question. Uh, next question here from Noah Sarver. Appreciate you. Sorry it took so long. Who is the best keeper in Superflex 12-team? Najee in the second, Kyler in the second, Lamar in the third, Debo in the eighth round, Trey Lance in the tenth round. I have the 1.12 and 2.1. So you have a 2.1 pick. That's really hard to use that on Kyler or Lamar when you can get Lance in 10. Because you got to really break it down. As good as Lamar and Kyler are as a second-round keeper, you literally have a guy that could hang with them all year or even outscore him in Trey Lance. So... Give me the 2.1 and Trey Lance versus just the the Lamar Jackson or Kyler. So Kyler and Lamar, you throw them out. They're not even a consideration. And Debo in round 8 is great. I like that. I don't mind that at all. But give me Trey Lance in 10 and let me redraft Debo and guys like that. So I go Trey Lance. Pretty easy call in a super flex if you ask me. Because that's, that's a deep, deep. You're getting all your picks. You're getting to keep all of those picks, bro. On top of having Trey Lance. Trey Lance is almost free. That's almost free. I do like Debo in the 8th though. I do like it. And a lot of people in here saying Debo, Lance, Debo, Lance. So it probably is definitely down to Debo and Lance. I mean, Najee you'll draft in the second round anyway. So, you know, the way the way that Superflex works. So it's Debo or, or, Debo or Trey Lance. I go Trey Lance because he's technically a top 12 pick. And you get him around 10. And Debo's not a top 12 pick. Like, in a sense, think about it. Think about it this way. There's no way Debo Samuel goes before Trey Lance in a super flex. So why would you keep him when the value isn't even the same? Like Trey Lance is better keeper value. So for me, it's Trey Lance. 
I mean, you don't draft Debo over Trey Lance in a super flex. You just don't. So that's the way I look at it. But, you know, Debo's a great value. He's a great player to have in round eight, regardless. Still get Debo at 1.12 and 2.1. Yeah, I love Debo at 2.1. I'm fine with it. Trey should produce first round value and super flex for years, says Hod Prime. Yeah, and you got the keeper aspect of it. Like Debo and a keeper is not as valuable as Lance and a keeper because of that that keeper potential. Noah, sorry it took me so long to to answer that question. I appreciate you waiting for it. And I always hate when I make a super chat or wait because then they're like, oh, I'm not. I want you to still super chat. So I'm, I apologize for that. Thank you, Noah. Noah, are you new, Noah? The dialed in, or are you, is this a? Are you, I know, I know you. Noah Sarver is not new though, so that couldn't be new, Noah. Those are the two I was debating. Thank you, sir. No problem, Noah. Appreciate you. Legion says go Najee, but I don't think he can, man. Najee is not comparable in terms of the keeper value. Always lurking. Appreciate you. I'm not new, Noah. We got a lot of Noahs in here all the time. Noah's become a popular name. Everybody's mother's name and their kids Noah these days is coming full circle. <laughs> it's coming about twenty-five to thirty years ago. Mothers everywhere named their children Noah, apparently, and they they're coming around. They're coming around. It's starting to show. Uh, what else we got here? Trey Lance to the moon. I mean, he is a moon man. The moon man dropping loads in outer space. Space monsters. Space monsters, baby. Um, only met uh, met about four to five other Noahs in your life. Wow, I meet him. I meet him every day. I meet him. Well, I meet him online every day. Uh, I think I'm good. What are we doing? Taco. What is today? Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Do it live. Going to get tacos. We'll go to Torchies and get Torchies tacos tonight. I'm excited. Taco Tuesday, baby. Uh, glad that one Noah is gone, though. That was a, that was rough for a few months. Yeah, Noah. Noah, the old Noah got real negative, and at some point, you're gonna get. You're not gonna be here. We're not gonna let you come in and just be a negative downer drag on the show constantly. You know, you want to have a differing opinion, I'm all for it. But, like, you want to come in here and just n- sit quietly through the good stuff and wait? I'm going to sit quietly through the good stuff. I'm never going to say a positive thing. And then when I see something I don't, I disagree with, I'm coming in, you know, hardcore. Like, that. that's dumb. That's dumb. You're eventually going to be, be a drag on the show. No one's going to want you here. So, there's no reason to be negative all the time. Uh, Jupiter has 39 confirmed moons. Wow, Jupiter might need to be... Like, right now, if you're not good, like, if we're worried about you, like Leonard Fournette. And off he goes to the planet known as Uranus. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars man. Loads dropping and spinning aimlessly in space. Mars men, baby. There are only five seats to Mars this year. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars men. 
loads dropping and spinning aimlessly in space. We only have, I love how load dropping Mars men, and then as soon as we do that, it triggers some bots to come in. (laughs) Is that a coincidence? I don't know. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. Uh, but, but I, I think, uh, Smitty, this is new Noah. I changed my display name out of boy, new Noah. Appreciate you. Um, there's only five spots on the shuttle to Mars. I don't know who's going to get spot four. I don't know who's going to get spot five. You're more than welcome to recommend somebody for this shuttle and mission to Mars, but note the bottom right corner laps will be laps will be given out to anybody that suggests a not noteworthy person. Like if you come in and say Zeke Elliott then you're going to take a lap. Uh, I think not, Smitty. What do you think not? Nert, Nert, what do you think not? What What's not about what? Married DC Hogs, what? Bot's keeping me busy. Yeah, Kenny, I'm sorry, bro. Mars men. <laughs> Bot's come in. <laughs> Something about Mars gets people all frisky. Uh, 39 moons confirmed for Jupiter. Maybe we need to make Jupiter, Jupiter space monsters. I don't know. We'll figure out something with Jupiter. We'll, we'll circle Jupiter into this mug. We'll circle him in. Jamar Chase might be a Mars man. I mean, yeah, 15 to 18 TDs is going to confirm that. Convince me to draft Kyle Pitts in the fourth round. I don't need to convince you. All I got to do is say this, Kilpatrick. Do you like winning? Um, I, I mean... End of round four is better than top of round four. I will say that. Like, if you could draft him even in the top of five, like, you're hitting a home run with Kyle Pitts. But I, I like Kyle Pitts in four. I'm okay with that. I don't like him in three, but I like a, I like a little Kyle Pitts in round four. I do. I build teams with Kyle Pitts in four. I, I feel pretty good about him. So, uh, you know, I worry about touchdown production. I don't know that he can get to, like, 14 touchdowns in this current environment. But maybe Ritter proves us wrong. We'll see. We'll see. This one's from Terry. Smitty, who who are you really excited about uh, this season for a really, really late pickup? Uh, really, really late pickup. So, Kilpatrick, I don't need to convince you, pal. You already know he's good in the fourth round, but there are other players I love in round four, too, so it's not like he's a lock. You know, it, it depends on what's going on. Terry, who's my favorite late, late grab? Um, I like Algier. I like uh, I like Rashad White. Um, I mean, depends how late you want to talk. Kenny Walker going in 7 or 8 feels like eternity to me. But if we're talking double-digit Fryermuth, we're talking Dawson Knox at tight end, we're talking Tyler Algier, we're talking Damian Pierce, we're talking... Rashad White, we're talking uh, Tony Pollard, but that's more like round seven, so that's not that deep. That's like where where Kenny Walker's going. Uh, Ramondre's like round seven. Um, I'm, I'm really torn up about not taking Kenneth Walker over Ramondre and playing with fire. I went with the ADP and I got burned um, in the in the superflex. I love Ramondre. I'm very happy with Ramondre, but I made a calculated guess that we'd get Ramondre and we would get Kenny Walker if I just took Ramondre first and it backfired. That's what, the one big mistake that I really gr- regret in my superflex expert league, which I happen to have a screenshot of that team and it is an unbelievable roster, probably one of the best superflex teams I've drafted in years. 
and I'll put it on screen here, but it is an unbelievable squad. But I do regret, I do strongly regret not taking, not taking Kenneth Walker um, when, when I should have just, re- I should have just reached on him. I should have just reached on him. I love Kenneth Walker. It, 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 made, it made me really upset. Maybe a lesson is being learned here that I'm not saying to reach on him. I'm afraid to even talk about it because I'm afraid you guys are going to start reaching for in the fifth round. I'm just saying when you're when you're toying around with trying to, to, to squeeze out another pick and you're preoccupied about that other pick, it can burn you. You can literally be left, okay, now I don't have my guy because I tried to get cute and creative. But my team is still fire. This is a super flex and who is it, Mr. B? Mr. B came in here and said that I, I picked Burrow at number seven and reach for him. Like, what a reach picking Burrow at seven, which Burrow was a steal of the first round. Uh, got Burrow in round one at pick seven. Then I reverted back to normal non-QB drafting, which is my strategy of choice in Superflex. And then I came in with DeAndre Swift in round two, who technically qualifies as a non-Superflex round one player. Javante in round three which is kind of my round two, right? With my mentality of Burrow being round zero and then going into normal mode. So Swift in round two, which was my round one. Javante in round three, which was my round two in my mind. Tyreek Hill in round, uh, round four, which is really round three, which is really a second drafted player. And then Kyle Pitts, St. Brown, Stevenson, Ayuk, and then my super flex quarterbacks are a rotation of Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. But this team is so un- unbelievably amazing. Unbelievable. Like, I love this squad, but if I just hit Kenny Walker, I shouldn't have played around with it, but I'm still so happy with this team. And Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a phenomenal addition to this squad. The balance I have, the St. Brown, you know, sleeper value that I got in St. Brown, this team's going to fire. IU going to blow up. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to have a very underrated year. Guys, Trevor Lawrence is a really, really good second quarterback at Superflex. I really like the idea of Trevor Lawrence in 2022. I think he's going to surprise some people. Everybody has a little bit of a bad taste left in their mouth. A recency bias. What have you done for me lately? What have you not done for me lately? And Trevor Lawrence with Urban Meyer and that situation, we knew it could be a reset year. And it was just that. Ignore it. Ignore it. Don't judge Trevor Lawrence for what happened with Urban Meyer. Okay, give him a, a clean slate because this kid's a really special quarterback. He's got top six to ten fantasy football quarterback potential. I'm not saying he's a lock. I'm not saying draft him there. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying anything of the sort. But I'm definitely telling you that Trevor Lawrence has the potential to become the law dog that we all thought he could be walking into his rookie year. Don't let year one cloud your judgment. He's a great second quarterback in Superflex. Vamp with a super chat. I may have missed it at some point, but how are you feeling about Christian Watson's situation with the injury? Um, Christian Watson, let's look up his health right now. Watson, I'm not too concerned about right now. Christian Watson, I think, has a really, really good uh, uh, situation long-term, but I do believe Lazard is the man. I don't believe Lazard is going to be overtaken early on. Christian Watson at some point will, um, what was Watson's, what was Watson's small injury or whatever? What what was it? I don't even know that he's even being listed much or talked about much. Um, I I don't, I'm not concerned about Watson being hurt if that's what you're asking. I'm not worried about that, but I, I think Lazard will be the number one. You're live on the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? 
Hey, what's up, Smitty? It's Mike. How you doing? What's up, Mike? Hey, man. Uh, I'm actually uh, needing needing some advice. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a big Javante truther, just like you, you know, and uh, I believe he's going to do great this year. But I'm I'm kind of out of pickle right now. I'm either going to be choosing him or CD Lamb as my second. But this is a 32 team league, and it's only a one RB. So I'm leaning Javante. Um, but I kind of wanted to get your opinion before I make the final, you know, the final pick. How many wide receivers? Uh, this is only going to be two wide receivers, uh, two flex, one tight end. Okay, so one and running back, one running back is different than one running back with two flex options. So I don't really prescribe to the old. Okay, I'm going to go one running back then. I kind of look at it like best player available. Still, there's no kind of influence with that. You only have to start two wide receivers. So. The pressure is not on to lean in any one direction. I, I I go back to best player available for you, and I'd say you said Javante, C.D. Lamb, and who? Uh, it's right now Javante is the, the second. I mean, he's right on top, so he's the next one to pick. Then right below him, C.D. Lamb, and then there's like um, Nick Chubb and you know Brees Hall and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I kind of you know that's where I'm I'm trying to choose between Brees Hall. Devontae and CD, you know, because I think that they're all great, and they're all, you know, moon men, like you're saying, and I just, I feel that right now, Javante is more, um, I'm leaning towards him a little more, but you, it's either him or CD for me. Can you, like, do, when's your next pick? Right now. No, after after this pick. Oh, uh, 64 picks later. Oof. 64 picks later? Yeah, 32-team league, so uh, it's a pretty big one. Oh. not going to get another pick for 64 picks. This is tough, and it's a key, it's a keeper or dynasty? No, redraft. Redraft? Yep, redraft league. That's tough because, I mean, Lamb's going to be more... Lamb has a potential to be more impact in week one. Look, Gordon could take a little bit of work from from him in the first couple weeks. And if it's redraft and you have to wait that long for a wide receiver. But you got to wait that long for a running back too. I'm going to say Javante, man. I'm going to say put your balls on the line and just say, like, look, could Melvin Gordon be in the way? Sure. But I don't know, bro. I just don't see how this man, Javante Williams, is kept off the field. I just don't see it. It's like looking backwards and saying that Naheem Hines was going to keep JT off the field. People were fearful of it, man. And this is a different regime. I'd say that Lamb's safer. I would say Lamb's safer. But if you want to put your cojones on the table and, and, and let everybody... Relishing your glory, if you're right, then Javante's the call because he could be the top two running. He could be a top two overall player. Oh, well, you know me, Vinny. I'm always gonna. I mean, you know me, Smitty. I'm always gonna put my money where my mouth is, and I'm, I'm gonna have to double down and say Javante then because I, I feel it in my gut. Javante season, just like you said. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, man. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate yeah, your help. Yeah. Have later. Tomato, tomato. I mean, it's preference. I love that people are taking hard stances on it. Like, you have to get... Like, it's close. It's close, man. Uh, Vamp, I want to say... Vamp, I don't... I didn't really answer this question very thoroughly. And appreciate your super chat, by the way. Thanks for the super chat. 
Giddy up. Appreciate you, Vampy. Um, I'm just not excited about Watson right yet. I think I could be very quickly. I could get excited about Watson, but I'm not like amped up about him yet. You know what I mean? Like I'm not super, super pumped. Matt, appreciate your super chat. You didn't ask a question in it, but I will go looking for you and see if you did. Let's see here. Matt, 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 Matt. Matt says, here we go. Matt says ETN or Brees Hall. Thank you, Matt, for that super chat. Hopefully you're still here. And I try and take care of my people. And I knew you probably wanted to ask a question with that. Uh, ETN or Brees, give me Brees Hall in, in redraft or dynasty. But I love them both a ton. And I'm very, very close to saying even, you know. So do I love both of them if you can draft both of them? Yeah. Yeah. Brees Hall is going higher and higher every day. So I probably lean Brees Hall because it gives you a better chance of maybe landing both. But ETN's climbing too. But give me Brees Hall. Give me Brees Hall, broski. I love him. I love him. You guys don't adjust to rookie seasons. Who doesn't? I mean, Javante did pretty well in his first season. He did prime. Give me ETN. I, I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, look. What, what do you see when I press this button? What do you see? The moon men dropping loads in outer space. You see both ETN and Brees Hall. Space monsters. And then what do you see? Who do you see going to Mars? He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars men. I mean, I don't know if, if maybe ETN gets a seat on that shuttle too. He could, but but Brees Hall is on both of them. So I gotta lean Brees. I gotta go with my gut on that, right? We're going to probably put Kenny Walker as a moon man. I don't know if he's going to Mars uh, because of the potential delay in his spacecraft leaving Earth's, Earth's atmosphere and getting to Mars. But Kenny Walker will definitely be a Mars man at some... Or, I'm sorry, a moon man at some point. Mars man, I don't know. We'll have to kind of play it by ear. But I, I'm loving Kenny Walker. And I love that people hate him. I love that people think Kenny Walker isn't going to rise up. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I'm talking about, Jimmy. I'm not super excited about Watson right now because Lazard is the number one wide receiver. He is. He just is. Whatever, whether you want to believe it or not, I mean, Rodgers has already talked about it. He's stepping into a wide receiver one role. It's a lot to take on, but he talked about it as if he's the wide receiver one. And I think he is. I think he is. Swift could be a, a Mars man. ETN could be going to Mars. CD could be going to Mars. Are we sleeping too much on KC wide receivers? I don't think so, bro, because we have no idea what we're looking at. You know, probably Sky Moore is the only guy I'm going near. I'm not going near Juju. I had somebody give me a keeper question. I don't know if it was on here or on on the on the text line, which you can get at thefantasyfootballshow.com, by the way. Thefantasyfootballshow.com. Get one-on-one text device, rankings, bull predictions, trade calculators, thefantasyfootballshow.com. I want to say it might have been in there or in the chat somewhere, but somebody was like, here are the list of keepers. It was like... (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. It was like, Javante, round four. Uh, Mahomes, round seven. Herbert, round four. Uh, Jamar Chase, round three or two. Jefferson, round two. And... And then this this poor this poor sap Juju Smith Schuster round seven. 
Everybody had a stud in, in this. In, Juju Smith-Schuster, round seven. <laughs> that was his keeper. <laughs> Everybody had a like a beast, almost a moon man. Everybody was loaded. Everybody was going to the moon. <laughs> this guy had his keeper as Juju Smith-Schuster. This is going to piss somebody off. Somebody in the chat is going to come in and go, he will do pretty good this year, Smitty. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you got to laugh at that. You got I don't care if you like Juju or not. And don't come in here and defend him in this light because this is a lot, a lot of pressure you're putting on the man. Dude, that Juju Smith-Schuster. As his keeper, bro. As his keeper. Yeah, we're doing mocks tonight, Jimmy. And we're going to do a best ball draft. Uh, which you can go on over to the link in the description uh, or go to thefantasyfootballshow.com and click this underdog banner at the top of the site. But in the description, I have this link and underdog's going to match up to $100 of your first deposit. So if you deposit 80, you get 80. If you deposit 100, you get 100. As long as you're new, as long as you use promo code SMITTY, which you have to use, or the link in the description, which will insert the code for you, you must do that in order to get that match deposit, but go do it. Go do <laughs> Juju. And off he goes to the planet known as Uranus. <laughs> I swear, man. Oh, poor guy. Poor sap. Poor sap. Can you imagine turning in your keepers? How embarrassed you'd be. The best keeper you could cook up is Juju Smith-Schuster in round seven. <laughs> or round seven or eight. And everybody else is dropping Jamars and JJs. And you gotta go out <laughs> You gotta go out and bat. This is a guy that literally he's always late. You know, you can never get a hold of him. He's drafting with a magazine. He's totally whipped. You can't you could call this guy hundred dollars says he won't answer the phone. No way you could call this guy. His woman wouldn't let him pick up the phone. It, for the life of him. There's no way he's answering your call. That's the guy that owns Juju Smith-Schuster as a write-in keeper when you have one keeper. <laughs> That's the guy. There's no there's no guy sitting there. You tell me if this is a guy that looks like a guy that has Juju Smith-Schuster as his seventh round only keeper. Okay? There's a guy sitting in a chair like this, smoking on a cigar. Does he look like the kind of guy that's got Juju Smith-Schuster wrapped in? No. The guy that's got the... the And I've got a child, too. And I carry around the diaper bag once in a while. It happens. But this is the guy carrying the... the he's got the diaper backpack on with flowers on it. Dude's t- got no control over his life whatsoever. This is the man that's, that's drafting Juju Smith-Schuster. He's the guy coming in late to the draft. He's the last one there. He's the first guy to leave. He orders a salad... He doesn't even eat the wings that are on the table. This dude barely shows up. Doesn't he just sits in the corner with his magazine? Um Where are we at? Juju is a flex at best. True. I'm not even into Juju as a flex at all, as you can tell. All right, I'm out of here. Appreciate all of you listening to the show, watching the show. Uh, Appreciate Tony 
at the top of the show. If you came in late, you missed a heck of a first like 40 minutes where we had Tony, the attorney, on. We were, we were grilling him on Deshaun Watson. What are the odds that he's out of the woods? There's definitely some concern on Tony's part. But on the flip side, Kamara, you know, and he's guessing and speculating that there probably isn't enough time for any sort of trial uh, to take place. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. You have 26 seconds before you get hung up on. What can I do for you? Hey, it's Freddy. It's Freddy. What's up, Freddy? Hey, I just had a question. Uh, who do you think is going to do a lot better this year? Uh, Swift or Najee? Uh, Swift or Najee? Let me give you. Let me give you. Yeah. Let me Show give you an extension here. Additional two minutes. Um, I mean, like honestly, I think Swift could be as good. But I'm going to draft Najee over him every time. Najee's got the volume. Uh, Najee uh-huh. proved last year in a worse scenario, worse situation. He's got improved situation. Everyone's going to try and clown on Trubisky, which I also do. But you got Trubisky and Pickett to choose from if one's like crappy and playing horrible. And Trubisky's got a little bit to prove. Um, you've got an extra wide receiver to kind of help you know, uh, balance things out. You've got Fryermuth coming into his own. You've got a little bit of an improved offensive line. You've got a great head coach. You've got a defense. There's a potential for for Najee to get like 4.4 yards per carry instead of like four. So less carries would even result in the same production in that case. So I'm I'm pretty high on Najee, but that said, it would not shock me one single bit if Swift finishes the number two or number three running back in fantasy football 2022. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if either one finished number two. Yeah, I'm trying to work the deal, and uh, yeah, it's either Swift or Najee. But I don't know the guy would budge. But you know, I'm trying to get either one of them to show extended additional two minutes. Yeah, Ron Navy, appreciate extending the show another two minutes there, Ron. All right, Freddie, anything else? No, that's it. Yeah, Swift or Najee can't go wrong either way. I don't know that I give up a ton either way. Because I love both of them. So I'm not giving up a ton. I probably would do a swap out if it gave me something significant and I'd go in either direction, you know, but I'm 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 thinking they're pretty close. Swift's got a lot lower first round ADP to me. But you know what? Yeah. I think those are evening out. I think Najee's falling to like number seven overall. Swift's going like seven, eight, nine. So they're they're, they're pretty close. Um all right, man, appreciate all you. Right. Later. Thank you. Yep, bye bye. I guess I should reword that. I, I don't think um, the ADPs are close anymore. I mean, in my mind, they are when I think about it. And then you realize people are just down on Najee right now. You know? The Milky Way. Show ends in one minute. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have endless spacemen expeditions. The Milky Way men. <laughs> I don't know about that one, but we we might have to go that route. I don't know. We might run out of uh, places to place everybody, but you know we got a lot of planets to go. The black the black hole where the players go to just vanish. Um, <laughs> the Milky Way. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll explore it. We'll explore, broski. All right, guys. 17 seconds left. Thanks to Ron for extending the show. Ron, I appreciate everything you do. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for being the trigger man, Ron, that you are. 
Thank you, uh, uh, Kenny and Terry, for um, manning the chat and being the best mods. And Terry uh, and Silver, Silver, appreciate you. Terry, Silver, Vamp, Kenny, all you guys. Ron, Legion, and uh, I will see you. Ronaldo, appreciate you all. I will see you all tomorrow unless news breaks. Because why? Your boy Smitty goes live Monday through Friday. 7 p.m. Eastern, or whenever news breaks, which means you might see me tomorrow morning in my bathrobe. I'll see you later. Show extended additional two minutes. Or not. Or not. Ron Navy says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Ron Father. That's pretty good. I like that one. Trigger man Ron's good because he triggers like super chatting a lot. That's kind of why. But I like the Ron father. That's pretty good. What's up, Space Ricky? Don't ever leave. This is like a Marvel movie. Don't ever leave before the credits are completely gone and you know what's on the other side because we might be back. We might be back. Silver, appreciate you. Kayla, appreciate you. Kenny, Vamp, Terry. Uh, That was a great show today. I mean... I love getting uh, unbiased perspective. I owe you two minutes. Let's reset this two-minute timer. Show extended additional two minutes. Sorry, Ron. Um, I like getting getting an unbiased perspective on the Camara situation because may, maybe maybe Tony, the attorney, is correct. Maybe no matter what we think is going to happen, that you know. But but I did kind of push back on him. And I think he kind of agreed with my 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 uh, my assessment that it, it doesn't necessarily need to conclude if he goes into a trial, and the trial can start before week fifteen, week fourteen, week thirteen. He will be placed, in my opinion, on the exempt list and get paid paid leave to go take care of this trial. So I think I think there's still concern for me drafting Kamara in round two. Would I take him in at least one league? In round three, anywhere in round three, probably, probably would. But but I do worry about a, a trial in the middle of the year, even if it begins like week ten. It can't conclude like like Tony Show said. It can't conclude. It conclude. It can't conclude before the end of the season, but it can certainly begin, and that's where the concern would lie. Super Ron, Ron the man. Hi ho, Silver. I like that one. Kenny. Kenny is our anchor. So that's fitting. I miss Tony. I'm waiting for this to end so I can rewatch it. Andrew, you're going to enjoy it. It's a lot of good content. Tony, first of all, Tony's a really smart dude. Uh, Tony is is our in-house counsel. And, uh, uh, so to speak. And, and dude is, dude is knowledgeable so knowledgeable and he knows what he's talking about so show ends in 10 seconds uh vamp extending the show show extended additional two minutes thank you vampy vampy says you're not leaving yet what's the deadliest qb wide receiver stack besides burrow chase besides burrow chase let's see here let me let me look at some let me look at some rankings and kind of refresh my my memory here because I don't want to I don't want to miss anybody it's so easy to be like off the top of your head I mean Alan Diggs 
Herbert and Mike Williams are kind of underrated. You know, I wouldn't put them there. Uh, Hertz and AJ Brown aren't quite there. Debo and Trey. Uh, Wilson and Judy are a little bit lower. Brady and Evans are a tiny bit lower. Dak and Lamb are a tiny bit lower. Matthew Stafford and Cup are like at the top of that tiny bit lower group. But just I'm talking a tiny bit lower. Like for me, it's Josh. For me, it's Joe Burrow and Chase. Josh Allen and Diggs, and then Trey Lance and Debo. Show ends in one minute. That would be my ranking. I don't know how anybody feels about that, but that, that's probably my ranking. So Allen and Diggs, then Trey and Debo, and then you start talking about Stafford and Cup and, and those guys. Lance and Debo is pretty sick. Um, if we're going to go tight end, Mahomes and Kelsey, sure. But we're talking wide receiver, but, I mean, you could throw Mahomes and Kelsey in there for sure. Mac, Mac Jones and what about what about Trubisky and Juju <laughs> from the olden days? What about Mahomes and and Juju? Oh my God, I, I'm a poor guy with this keeper. I'm not I, look. Sky Moore is the Casey wide receiver. I'm sorry, I, I'm not buying into Juju yet. Show Vamp, the Full seconds. Moon Man. Okay, okay. Cousins and Jefferson. Says Ron. Of course, Ron's going to say Cousins and Jefferson. Uh, good question, though, Vamp. Goodbye. Appreciate you all. See you tomorrow, unless news breaks. Then I'll be live earlier, but also at 7 p.m. Eastern later. Yeah, um, Terry's right, guys. I answer. I have. I've been a little bit behind on this lately, and I'm, I plan on trying to catch up too. So, if your question's still out there, I might answer it in the next day or so. But I try to answer 99.9% of every question asked in my comments of every video. Not in the live stream. We're talking about the comments. So, please, everybody, test me. Go drop a comment after this video posts on YouTube. Ask a question. I will answer 99% of them. Let's roll. getting burrowed left and right and people are gonna remember it get burrowed get lambed that's me get braced get braced get braced